Welcome to the Football Journey Podcast. This podcast is powered by A Football Journey. Today we have Daryl Strawberry with us. He is the eight-time All-Star, the four-time World Series champion. In 1988, he hit more humdingers than anybody else in the National League. This guy is somebody that I grew up thinking was the greatest of all time. And if you grew up like me in the 80s and 90s, you got to watch him play and knew how incredible of a baseball player he was. And now today you're going to find out how great of a human being he is. He has gone through it all. Drug addiction, sex addiction, being at the top of the world, making a ton of money, playing baseball and winning championships. He's been at the pinnacle and he's been at the rock bottom. And today he's going to talk to us about it. Daryl Strawberry is here with us. And man, this is amazing. And I just know as a kid, for me, if you had Daryl Strawberry baseball cards, man, you were the big man on the block because uh, you could trade anything. For a Daryl Strawberry card, you know, people would trade their whole baseball collection for a Daryl Strawberry card. And I, it is such a blessing and an honor to have you, Daryl, on the, the podcast today. And so thanks for coming out and, and talking to us. Well, thanks for having me, Derek. And those are kind words. I really appreciate uh, what you're talking about trading my baseball card for anything. <laughs> well uh you know you've won you've won four world series you know you played for 17 years in the major leagues and so just a start off question right off the bat is what you know what did baseball mean to you well baseball means um everything to my life as a kid growing up Um, i idolized pete rose and uh, when he played with the cincinnati reds when i was growing up in california watching them against the dodgers and always seeing the big red machine and they had a bunch of talented players, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan. But the most exciting player to me was Pete Rose. And when I watched him play and saw his uniform dirty all the time and realized that this guy was a true baseball player and I really wanted to play baseball after seeing him play in the way he hustled. Um, he didn't have the talent as most of the other great players, but he was Mr. Charlie Hustle and he did everything in such a different way as a player. And I, I really enjoyed the fact of seeing how great he really was uh, with just less talent than most of the players that had talent on that team. That is crazy. That's awesome. Uh, I was reading a book the other day and it was talking about the greatest captains of all time. And one of the things that it talked about is that when the best player on the team is playing their hardest, giving their everything in every moment that it inspires the, the rest of the team to also do that. You know, when your best player is, is doing that, Charlie Hustle, I mean, how can you or anybody else sit back and say, oh, well, I'm not going to give my all. And I was talking to one of my coworkers today about this interview, this conversation that we were going to have. And he was just like, man, Daryl Strawberry, I loved watching him play because that guy gave his everything in every moment. And uh, so that's just that's just awesome to hear you say that that's something that you idolized and that inspired you. Uh, going back a little bit, uh, I wanted to ask you kind of about growing up. You know, you talked about you grew up in, in California and and I listened to other interviews that you've done. You talked about how your father uh, was an alcoholic and maybe didn't have, uh, wasn't, wasn't the, the most encouraging to you. And you said that maybe some of those discouraging comments that he said kind of led to your greatness. Can you explain a little bit about what that meant, what that means? Yeah, it was like a real struggle uh, being a kid growing up because uh, you would think in your household that everything would be normal. And in my household, it wasn't. My father was... Uh, unfortunately, alcoholic and very abusive, and and we as kids had to deal with that. And 
most of the time we're scared and hiding. And as I was hiding, I was believing in what I was going to be, what I was going to turn out to be. And that was a, a real challenge at the age of 13. And, and when we went through that one night, when he came home, pulled out a shotgun, said he was going to kill the whole family. Um, we went into action and me and my brothers, and it almost became a tragedy in my life before I ever put on a uniform. So I was already scarred with, 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 with pain in me, with issue, issues inside of me. And my pain led me to my greatness. Uh, it drove me down to play baseball, and, and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior because if you never get well on the inside, you can, you can cover it up on the outside, but the insides are always going to be the same. And for me, that's what it was. Uh, I was. I was hurting on the inside. And I wanted to be well. I just didn't know how to be well. And I kept chasing after everything else outside of that um, because of what I saw in my household growing up. Uh, you kind of kids kind of like look and see in their household what they want to be like. And I didn't want to be like my father. And then I actually turned out starting to be the same way because I never dealt with myself. And, I, you know, it was all covered up because of being a baseball player and putting a uniform on. And um it was a very difficult time to learn life and life challenges and go through the struggles uh, because I was had all these issues inside that I never really dealt with. So uh, those issues, uh, I was I was looking at this and, and thinking about this the other day and that uh, when you can look back on your life and make sense of it, it, it helps you deal with it. And, and was that one of the things that that you struggled with? Did you ever figure out a way to make sense of uh, some of the pain and and all those struggles that you had growing up. No, really, I, I I couldn't make sense of it when I was young. You know, I couldn't make sense of it when I got into my professional life because I was still hurting. I was just um, using my talent to to escape from the reality of why I was hurting. And I think so many um, people do that. Just not only athletes, but people in general do that uh, do that kind of stuff. Uh, they never deal with the real issues that, that are affecting their life until uh, you get to a place where you almost destroy your life. And that's what it was for me. Uh, some go on to destroy their life and so many celebrities and so many people want to destroy their life with, with drug addiction and alcoholism because they're hurting inside and they never uh, dealt with the rejection or whatever trauma or abuse that has happened in their life. And, and I just couldn't really, understand that how could I ever get out of this place how could I ever get out of this dark tunnel yeah I was great performing uh but I I didn't know how to live I didn't know what life was really all about I just knew I was a great baseball player but I wasn't a man I put on the uniform and it made me a baseball player but it never made me a man so here you are you have money and fame and all that society tells us that we should value over everything. Girls love you. You're hitting home runs. People are chanting your name. You have more money than you know what to do with. And, and you're saying that even in uh, that, high, those, that high point, uh, that, that you were still left wanting, that uh, that wasn't enough, that uh, that was a letdown. Switchfoot has a song called A Beautiful Letdown. And in that song, it says, uh, it was a beautiful letdown the day that I knew that all the riches this world had to offer me would never do. And so that kind of sounds like what you're talking about here. Is that is that something that you had to deal with? Yeah, for a very long time, I was I was missing something. I was missing a lot. You know, I've been privileged of my whole life and lived behind community gates and been able to have the great things. My kids were privileged and 
And it was just a bunch of stuff. And I realized that stuff was never going to make you well. Money was never going to make you well. And my wife today, who is Tracy, um, she was the uh, key turning point. God led her into my life to lead me back to him um, to really make a commitment and, and to him to have faith. And I became a man. I never became a man until I met Jesus. I mean, I was I was just someone existing uh, as Daryl Strawberry, uh, Major League Baseball player. But I came became a man once I you know, got to that place and surrendered my life to Christ and had the real encounter. And I stepped into the full purpose of understanding life and why I was created. Because all of us really want to know why we're created and what, what we're here for. And a lot of times we, we get it confused. We get confused with it and think it's about, you know, the success that we achieve. But it's not. It's, what makes a man is that when he comes to a place and he can live uh, a righteous life a whole, and be holy inside. Not to be perfect, Derek. You know, you have to be holy inside and righteous. But no one ever, none of us could ever be perfect. But... You can live a holy life and, and righteous life and fulfill your purpose and why you were created. It's interesting that you bring up uh, the definition of manhood and that society, you know, oftentimes tells us that being a man has to do with money and power and fame. And you had the, the dubious honor of experiencing all those things. And you're saying that that doesn't make you a man and that you found manhood in your faith and in your religion. Can you explain to us what that type of manhood looks like? That's how I define manhood is being holy inside. I, I had it all and I, I did it all and it, it was never enough. It's just like King Solomon said he had it all, but it was just never enough. And the holiness of man comes inside because of the encounter with Christ, because Christ is holy and he teaches you how to live. He teaches you what manhood is really about. Um, he teaches you, he teach you the number one thing is to love God love your wife and love your children. And when we can get back to those principles and those standards, we can fulfill the purpose of why we're here. Uh, I think so many get consumed with earthly things and believe that earthly things are going to make me well. And I can tell you, it will never make you well. I can tell you most celebrities, they sit and they have stuff and you could see why they never stay married and why they never, uh, feel great about themselves and feel empty on the inside because the outside looks great when you dress it up. But if the inside is toxic, it could never get well. It could never be healed by stuff. It can never be healed by another man. Only person that can fulfill the healing is Jesus himself uh, because he's already done it. He's already paid the price. He's already hung on the cross for you and he's already shed his blood so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. I think people get abundant life mis misunderstood with stuff uh, abundant life is peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge. There's so many greater things that you get from an abundant life when you have that personal relationship with Christ himself. And then you can fulfill you can feel fulfill your dreams and everything. I wish I could go back and redo it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I know today and walk with Christ playing baseball. And I could have been more of an example like Billy Graham was playing baseball and leading souls to Christ. Uh, because that's the greatest gift one can get is to lead others to Christ and win souls for Christ. Uh, because the ultimate reward is not earthly rewards, rewards, it's the kingdom rewards at the end of your life. Because I think most people walk through life and we believe we're just going to stay here and live here forever. And you can't. And you, one day your, your name is going to be called, just like your name was called when you was born. One day your name is going to be called for your death and are you going to be able to look God in the face and say I did real work for your kingdom or I did earthly work for my own satis 
fracture. That's, that's crazy that you talk about uh, one day, you know, at the end of your life, what are you going to value? And, and there was a minister who, who worked in a hospital and he met with people on their last days. And, and he was talking about how, you know, when I met with people on their last days, none of them asked me to show them, you know, hey, bring me my money. Let me give one last look on my money before I go. Or, hey, let me pull up Twitter real quick so I can see how many more followers I have before uh, I, I go, I go to, on to the next life, you know. But those people at the end of their life were sitting there thinking, did I, did I make a difference? Uh, did, I, did I have good relationships? Was I a good father, a good husband, a, a good son? Did, did I make a difference for the kingdom of God? You know, did any of these things matter? And, and so that's uh, incredible that, that God has used you that way. That, uh, you know, and you talked about how, man, if I could go back uh, and, do, and do it all differently, you know, but you, you went through a different struggle and that struggle was very uh, public. And, and man, I couldn't imagine having to go through that, but also having to go through it, you know, where everybody everybody knows it. And, and now you've, you've kind of been a light to other athletes that, that are going through those pains and those struggles. You know, I think so often in the public, we want to look at those people with contempt and you wrote a book uh, about addiction and it's called don't give up on me. And, uh, and I just want to ask you kind of, why did you choose that title? Why did, you know, and, and how do you, how do you communicate to other athletes about uh, drug addiction and, and, and sex addiction and all these other things? Well, that title came to me because of my lovely wife, Tracy, and she was a beacon for me when I was in the midst of my addiction, struggling, smoking crack, shooting dope, and she was pulling me out of dope houses, and she didn't give up on me. Everybody else did, but everybody else said, well, just let him go, let him die, you know, uh, what a waste of talent. And she saw that God had, had a plan for my life, and that's why it's so important for us to understand we never give up on anyone because we don't have the last say, and we don't know what God's going to do with a person's life. And our our thing is, is to always believe that God will use somebody broken pieces, because when you go through the Bible, all of them had broken pieces, but he used them mightily for his glory. And I'm a broken vessel that he restored and using for his glory, um, not only for uh, uh, athletes or, or stars, or it, it's for everyone. It's, it's for the everyday uh person that walks through life with struggles and issues and that need to overcome God's grace is sufficient and, and it's, and it's there for you too. And the thing about it, it, it's free. And that that's why I believe God has kept me here and, uh, to bring about a message that, that his love is free and nobody has to pay a price for, for his love because Jesus has already paid the price for you. And if we can get people to have that urgency to come and submit themselves and commit and, don't give up on me. It's so critical for those that are struggling in, in, in addiction. Loved ones, don't give up on them. You can love them, but you don't have to tolerate the behavior. My wife loved me in the midst of my struggles, but she didn't tolerate my behavior because drug addiction is, is about, it's a symptom. Uh, there, there's a problem there, yes, but there's a solution too also. And it's the behavioral one that needs to change. And if I, I can get people to understand that through that book, don't give up on me, change your behavior and you can become a different person uh, and you can escape the darkness and walk into the light. Wow. Do, do you do you remember the, the first time that you got caught up in, in drugs? Do you remember that moment? You know, uh, nowadays kids are prescribed pain medication and all types of stuff. You know, do, do you see that as dangerous? And, and do you do you remember kind of when you first got got drawn into that lifestyle? 
Well, I got drawn into that lifestyle early. I'm smoking marijuana at the age of 13, 14 years old, which we call the marijuana maintenance. And people say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, let me say this. Marijuana will stop working, and then you will need something else. And I went from that to alcohol, and I went from alcohol to the hard drugs, cocaine. I got introduced to the cocaine at the age of 21 when I got to the big leagues, and I was off and running uh, because I wanted to fit in. And when you are empty on the inside and you feel like you need to fit in, and, and this is the problem that we're seeing in America today with uh, social media and, and Twitter and, and Instagram and all these things and Facebook with young people, if they don't fit in, they feel left out and they feel like their life doesn't count. So now all of a sudden the pharmaceutical companies have gotten rich of making uh, opiates and then they go from opiates to the street drugs, heroin, and they try to escape, you know, from the fact of not fitting in and not being a part of it. Someone gives them a pill. And once you, once you give a kid an opiate pill, uh, prescription, it's going to alter their mind. It's going to change them forever. And people don't realize how powerful it is uh, to get caught up into that. And I, and I can say that for myself because I got caught up into it. I went from one thing to the next to the next, and it led me to all kinds of things. Yeah, I hear a lot of stories about kids uh, or just people in general, you know, getting on those opiate pain medications and then and then that being their their gateway into into drug addiction and and having to fight their way back. Now, uh, what we do here on this podcast is is we run a, a character curriculum for kids, uh, for athletes in, in high school. And we talk to them about uh, using drugs and overcoming drug abuse and, and staying away from drugs. Uh, do you have advice on kind of a, a way to educate uh, young people or just people in general about a drug addiction and, and a, way, uh, you know, a message that we can give to them? Yes, I do. Please, 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 young people, never, ever pick up a drug. Never, ever pick up a drink. If you have an addicted personality, stay away. If you feel lonely or rejected inside, stay away because you will get seriously addicted to it because it's powerful and it alters your mind and it takes your mind into a place that you can never imagine. It makes you feel good, but you don't know the danger of it. You don't know what's going to take place in the long run. And that's what's happening to so many young people and young athletes. Young athletes have to be extremely careful about who uh, they associate themselves with and what they take. Um, Cause someone and parents, parents need to get educated about it too. Uh, when they take their kids to the doctor because of a, uh, a bad shoulder or a bad neck, do not let a, pre a doctor pres prescribe prescription for your kids. Let your kids take Tylenol, tell them to lay down on the couch, go to sleep, and it's going to hurt. You're going to feel bad, but you'll feel, you'll feel better in the morning. Um, you need to get back to the old way of doing things because we have gotten into a society where it's an instant gratification. Fix me right now. And that's what the opiates had done. Come come across America and swept into the young generation of life and trying to get a quick fix. And before you know it, they're addicted and can't get off of it. So please understand and hear from a guy that's been there who cares and wants you to understand you can do it the natural way. You don't have to use anything. Well, and there's nobody who knows more about this stuff than than you. I mean, you've been you've been in in it all. And it's, it's crazy. And it is true. Kind of our culture has changed a little bit in that, uh, the goal now is, Hey, we've got to protect ourselves from any sort of discomfort, you know? And, and when I was growing up and you fell down and you, and you broke your arm, you went and you got a cast and, and you felt that pain. And sometimes it's good to feel that real pain. And, 
and we try nowadays to just avoid all those things. All right, well, you we know about your your public career and 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 playing baseball and all that. Uh, tell us kind of now what what what's what's next for you? What have you been doing lately, and how can we reach out to you and get in touch with you and and follow you and encourage you and and bless you and what you do? Well, my ministry is important more than anything. Um, the call of God and what I do is is travel the country and and encourage people with the gospel. Uh, my ministry is um, findingyourway.com, strawberryministries.org. Um, my Instagram, where I try to encourage people with positive affirmation, is Strawberry 18 I try to uplift people with, with hope. Of course, I put some of my baseball high, highlights on my Instagram so people can see what I used to really do and who I really am today to, to encourage people that no matter how difficult life gets, there's a great purpose for your life. And we need to get back to encouraging America, bringing hope and show people that there, that is real restoration uh, in one's life. Um, when they go and look over my life and see who I was and at the baseball world and, and the public uh, perception of what I went through of being criticized and persecuted, and now that God has, you know, given me a platform to do kingdom work, you, you just can't make this stuff up. It, it's it's incredible where, where God will meet you. He'll meet you right uh, where you're at. And the thing about it is he met me in a pit and brought me to a pulpit. Hmm. Now, this this is an yeah. incredible this is an incredible God that we serve. And it, it, I tell people all the time, if you don't believe it, just go. Google me and read my story of the struggles and the trials and the tribulation and the loss and see the redeem of my life now being rescued and redeemed and restored by the hand of God. Well, and that, you know, you're living proof of, uh, that we shouldn't give up on people. You know, the title of your book, Don't Give Up On Me. And, and, and that is every day, you know, you living that is something that that speaks to and inspires people all over uh, have you have you uh, so you wrote that book and then you've uh, you've talked more about your your story. Are there other are there other books? Well, yeah, um, Straw Finding My Way, my autobiography. It was a New York Times bestseller um, that I wrote before that one, which um, was telling my life story where people can really dig in and see uh, the affliction of my life and wonder how the change came about because of grace. And I just can't explain it. I mean, the grace, grace is for all. Um, it's not just for some. And I think people will be able to pick those books up and really read them. And they'll be able to be touched, you know, because of God's grace and see how real, really real it is. You know, I think sometimes we don't think one life can change when we uh, look at celebrities and we see their we see their flaws. And uh, we all have them, but we don't know why they have them because we think they shouldn't have them because they become famous and rich. Well, you got more flaws when you become famous and rich because now all of a sudden the money covers it up and makes you, um, make you live behind a glass door and, and think you, you don't have problems and it just keeps you sick. And I was very sick for a long time because of the fame and fortune. And, and I'm, I'm just glad that today that I'm well and that I get a chance, I get a chance to impact America and get, get a chance to impact people's lives and with truth, not not being just a baseball player, but with God's will and God's purpose. Well, all right, I'm going to ask you one last question. Thanks so much for coming on. Now, earlier you spoke about uh, how when you were a kid and there were the rough times and you were hiding out from your dad, that you would just think about uh, who you were going to become. 
and that that kind of uh, brought you through that. Can you elaborate kind of what you meant when you said that? Well, yeah, it was, it was scary times of thinking this was going to be my life, an empty life. Um, what am I going to be? And I know a lot of kids um, go through that, that process in their household because we build up homes and we build up homes like they are great because we're, uh, we're not inside of them. And then until you get inside of them, and know the dysfunction that, that goes along is uh, a lot of homes and kids never get a chance to identify themselves with what they're going to do. And, and that's when baseball became a big part of who I wanted to become. Cause as I sat in front of the television, started watching the ball games, um, the Dodgers were, in, were on TV when I lived in California and I started watching baseball and I really started liking baseball. Um, I played other sports, but I, I took a great liking to it because there I was, you know, watching the game and seeing myself that one day that I wanted to play there at the major league level and I wanted to be great. I just didn't want to play there. I, I wanted to make myself great. So there was a motivation factor for me to make myself great and believe and have confidence in myself as a baseball player. And that took me to the next level of life and uh, took me to the major leagues and allowed me to be great at the major leagues level. And then I saw myself with the brokenness of the broken pieces. Uh, how can I become great and be a man? And I realized that was more important than just being a baseball player. Man, that is incredible to think about, you know, how in the tough times you just start, you just thought about, Hey, in the future, I'm going to be different, you know, and things are going to be better and things are going to be different. And I'm going to be really good at this, this thing. Did you work really, really hard at baseball? I did. I worked extremely hard. Uh, my passion was I, I, I laid in bed with my glove and sometimes fell asleep with my hat on, just <laughs> really dreaming about, you know, being a major league baseball player and being great and winning games. And that's what I wanted to that's what I really want to encourage young kids about is your dream is your dream. Don't let nobody take your dream away from you. No matter what happens to you, it's your dream. If you dream it and you believe it, go for it. Sports are just so valuable. You know, I know that growing up for me, playing sports was something that saved me and, and really brought me to where I am today and who I am today and taught me so many great and amazing lessons. And, and it's, it's awesome to hear you talk about baseball and, and what it meant to you and, and that that it wasn't an accident that you became really good at baseball, but you you really put the work in and and obsessed over it and really loved the game and and it loved you back and and you know in that you had some some trials you know going through you know from the fame and and but in the end you got well. It's really an amazing story. You know, I just thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and and your story is something that's inspiring and that everybody needs to hear. Well, thank you, Derek. I just hope it can, you know, help young people and encourage young people. Um, like I said, the passion I had as a kid for baseball, I worked hard and I would go out and run the bases by myself. And I, a lot of things people never know what you have to do to motivate yourself. And I was just one of those kind of guys that, that did those type of things. And, you know, walk around the field and, and talk to myself about the game of baseball and how I wanted to do it. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful I gave myself that because it gave me a platform for being the man that I am today and doing what I'm doing today for God's kingdom. Wow. Yep. Making a big difference. And, and we just appreciate you. And, and uh, you know, thanks again. You got it, Derek. Thanks. I appreciate you, brother.
You have been listening to the A Football Journey podcast. A Football Journey, also known as Character Wins, is a character curriculum that has been used by over 15,000 student-athletes. It's used by high school athletes all over the country. Take a second and go check out the website. It's www.afootballjourney.com. For more podcasts like this, just check us out on iTunes. Also, feel free to rate us and and write a a good review. Uh, That really helps. And lastly, if you know somebody that should be on the podcast or uh, if there's any way that I can help you, feel free to write me an email. My email address is uh, DerekWare at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-C-K at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter. Uh, My handle is at DerekWare.